When you start to think about saving, budgeting, investing, and planning for your long-term future, does your brain switch to the off position, leaving you with absolutely no motivation to actually do anything about it? If so, you are not alone. Turning your finances into a game, though, may be able to help. Let's talk about gamifying your finances. Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me at ADHDMoneyTalk.com. You can ask a question so I can help you. And I know, like literally listening to a Rachel McCabe podcast the other day, or Rachel McCabe YouTube video, the how to ADHD, it was, it was on money. And she was saying how like, it's the one topic that never gets any views. And I was like, oh, great. I chose a really great topic to do a podcast on the one that no one <laughs> listens to. But no, you're out there. You're listening. So let me hear from you. It'd be great. All right. So today we're talking about gamification. We are going to talk about what it is and why it can help our ADHD brains do boring and less stimulating things from a scientific perspective. So we're going to cover it from a scientific perspective and how to apply it using both digital methods with the help of apps on your phone and also more analog ways to start gamifying your finances a little bit to make it more fun. Let's get into it. What is gamification? Gamification is when you add game-like elements to non-game things to make it more fun, more interesting, and more rewarding. Think about your favorite games. What makes it fun? Is it being able to level up, unlock new quests, upgrade your avatar? Is it the challenge of working towards a defined reward? What makes you want to keep playing? Games typically have clear and consistent roles, rules that give you feedback, you build momentum, and you get those rewards. It's so satisfying. So gamification takes these elements and applies it to boring things like chores or homework. Or in the case of our discussion today, finances, saving, and budgeting. So in the world of businesses, you know, companies have been increasingly adopting principles of gamification to engage customers and, well, get their customers to buy more stuff. You can think of like McDonald's and the Monopoly game, one of the early examples of this. You buy the medium drink and not the small drink because the medium drink gets you the Monopoly piece. And it's a fun way to, you know, engage with a brand like McDonald's and try and win something from them. And it and it lets you also feel like you're in more control. You are in control of your destiny. You are working towards something. And with finances, we often, especially us ADHDers, we often feel out of control. So applying a game to it can give us that feeling of control and really help us out. So with ADHD, doing boring things is extra hard. Saving and budgeting and investing Okay, to me, it sounds kind of fun, but I know it doesn't sound that fun to you, uh, at least for most of you. And this is a fact uh, that doing boring things is hard for ADHDers. In fact, according to Dr. Daniel Amen of Amen Clinics, brain specced imaging shows that ADHDers have less activity in the prefrontal cortex, you know, the region of the brain that's responsible for focus, attention, planning, goal setting, organization, and impulse control, you know, these really important things that we kind of suck at. Well, yeah. So it's no wonder we have trouble with boring everyday tasks like washing the dishes and doing laundry and paying our bills on time, keeping our desk clean, organizing mail. Like what? I've actually fantasized what it must be like to be able to see laundry and just do it happily without that feeling of dread and misery that I usually feel every time I see it 
or when the sink is full of dishes, I just feel my heart drop and I just don't think I'm going to do them at that moment. It's just not going to happen at that moment. So yeah, it'd be cool to be able to do that, right? So Dr. Amen talks about his patient who experiences intolerable levels of boredom when doing simple chores, but when he walks out onto an airplane wing in mid-flight, he is optimally stimulated, calm, alert, responsive, and feeling good. So that's ADHD for you. We feel great and in our zone when we're walking on a wing of an airplane in mid-flight, but when we see laundry, we literally want to rip our soul out or rip our heart out and just freaking do something like, oh God, I can't stand this stupid freaking chore I have to do, but like that's literally how it feels. And I know many of you ADHDers love your video games. I know I did. I used to be able to sit and play FIFA for hours at a time. The thing was, though, for me at least, I had to be playing online. I had to be playing against someone. I had to be beating a real human being for me to have fun playing video games. Same thing with Call of Duty. I love the idea of shooting someone in Call of Duty online because I knew I frustrated another human being, and that gave me pleasure to frustrate another person and know that I was making them a little frustrated at the time. So just a fun little aside there. But when it comes to finances, part of the problem is definitely boredom. Another big part of the problem, though, with finances and ADHD, though, is that dealing with money can be very anxiety-provoking. Conversations around money can lead to arguments with your significant other. It can shake up feelings of shame and guilt and embarrassment, and it can feel like such a like a confusing blob of an issue that knowing where to start or even how to start may seem way too difficult to pinpoint, and the steps that it takes to get where you know you would like to be seem like so many steps that it is intensely overwhelming right from the start. God, I hope I'm not scaring you away right now. If you relate to this, you are so not alone, though. This is why, between the anxiety, the overwhelm, and the sheer boringness of money, it is such a ripe topic for avoiding. And like I said before, that's why her money videos don't get any views, because no one wants to hear about it, because no one wants to deal with it. It's hard. So for anyone who is listening to this podcast or who has been listening it takes a lot of courage, and I really do admire you, and I'm so happy you're here. So with all of that said, what can we do? Can applying game concepts to our money really help us make our money more interesting and motivate us? I think it can help. It's not going to be a magic bullet, because there is no magic bullet in finance and personal finance, especially when you're living in a place of chaos and you need to get control. It's going to take work, but let's talk about a few apps that can help make our money more interesting, make it easier, and make it a little bit more game-like. And then I'll talk about some analog, non-technology ways to make money more game-like and more fun. And then I will also provide a word of caution on the gamification of money. All right, the first app that I'm going to talk about is an app called Yada. How does this make finance a game? Well, it's a bank account where you save money into it. And for every $25 you save, you get a lottery ticket. Yes, a lottery ticket. So it's a bank account that is FDIC insured, meaning it's backed by a legitimate bank that has FDIC insurance. You make a deposit. So for every $25 you have in your account, you earn one ticket each and every week. For example, $100 is four tickets every single week. So if you have $100 in your account, you get four tickets that week and you get four tickets the next week too. If you have $200, then you'll get eight tickets. And it's not like you get it one time. That's what I'm saying. You get it every single week. So you're incentivized to keep the money in savings as well because you keep getting those tickets. And then each day at 9 p.m. Eastern, there's a draw. So you match your ticket numbers every single day at 9 p.m. Eastern and you will see if you won. Now, depending on how many numbers you match, you could win 
$5,000, a Tesla, or even the 10 million grand prize? What? So a Tesla or $10 million or $5,000, this all sounds so much better than than not those things. So like, this is pretty cool. I know I really think this is a creative way. I've read some reviews on like Google Play and people seem to think that it's really helping them save. So this is a cool way to to go about doing that. Oh, and plus they give you 0.2% interest. Woohoo, 0.2% interest. That is so much interest, not, but hey, it's something so you can't lose. You can only win. So Yada, check out Yada if that sounds interesting to you and gamify saving and do some risk-free gambling. I will include the link to the app in the show notes. Okay, this next one is Zogo. Now, Zogo is cool because it gamifies learning about finance and personal finance. So with Zogo, you earn virtual pineapples by engaging with educational modules, and then you can exchange your virtual pineapples in a marketplace for gift cards and charity donations, checking account bonuses, and more. So really, who can beat that? So I haven't downloaded it, but I've done a little research on it, and it looks really cool because it's going to teach you a little bit about investing, about buying a car, about health insurance, about how to start investing. I mean, I think that's an amazing way to get education, which is going to really serve you in the long run. So check out Zogo, link again in the show notes. Okay, this next one is called Digit. Now, I was actually, just last night, I was a guest for a support women's support group, ADHD support group, and this is how I learned about Digit because one of the, the ladies in that group uses Digit. I had to look it up, and guys, it's pretty cool because Digit actually kind of tries to replicate my preferred way of budgeting. So as you know, I like using a cash bucketed budgeting approach where you have two checking accounts, one for your fixed expenses that you know you need money for and one for the money that you have free to spend. And that's exactly what Digit does, but all within one app. So it automatically looks at the fixed expenses that you have and it sets aside money for you automatically for fixed expenses. So then when you log into the app, you'll see a view where it's like, okay, here's your spending money. So you know how much money you have to spend so that you don't dip into the money that you need for the recurring expenses. So you put money into a digit bank account. They run the numbers based on the bank accounts that are linked and they decide what you're going to need for expenses and goals and moves that amount to bills, savings, or investing based on the transactions. It'll do it all for you. And then it shows what's left in that spending category which is good to use on everyday items or a splurge because it's free, guilt-free spending money. So really, really cool app. And again, I will put the link to Digit in the show notes. Another really great app to use is called Capital and that's Capital with a Q. With this app, you can visualize your savings goals and set up saving automatically into different various savings goals. So this way you can create a system where You're saving towards maybe a vacation. You're saving towards for holiday shopping money. You're saving for whatever you can put your mind to. Maybe it's just you're saving for a thing you want to buy in a couple months and you want to create a visual goal and then create an automatic saving program so you can sort of make your way towards that goal. The app also lets you budget, invest. It even has a feature where you can do things with your significant other. So it's a really cool app and please check this one out and I'll put the link for this one in the show notes as well. That's Capital. Capital also definitely has the functionality that Digit has where it can sort of split up your paycheck automatically to keep everything clean and neat. 
and definitely make it seem very gamified along the way. All right, now let's talk about some of the ways we can gamify our finances without using technology. The first thing is make it a competition for yourself. How little can you spend? What can you do to spend as little as you possibly can? Or how fast can you pay off your debt? Set up your debt payoff plan using the avalanche or snowball method and then make it a challenge and give yourself a really big reward at the end of it. So it can really help you get motivated. If you can find a way to get yourself hyper fixated on it with that challenge, that novelty, then it can really, really be successful if you can figure that one out. Get your friends and family involved. If you get your friends and family involved into the competition, it can totally start you know, revving up those competitive juices. I know I love competition, so that really helps me. And the idea that someone else is sort of doing the same thing as me and I'm trying to beat them, that can really help me get my goals reached as fast as I possibly can. And really, give yourself a reward every single month you hit your savings goal. Don't make it a big reward because you don't want to reverse the progress you're making saving, but give yourself a reward if it's just a a night out with a significant other, you know, a guilt-free night out, eating dinner, whatever it may be, do that. A really cool budgeting technique that makes your budgeting like a game is called budgeting Tetris. And what you do is you you create a Tetris board and each square of the board is $100. And then you start filling up that board with your fixed expenses. And then you can really visualize and use different colors and crowns and whatever. And you can really visualize how much money you have left over after you fill up the Tetris board with your fixed expenses. And then you can see, okay, this is what I have left. And then you can start filling in what's left with different colors and whatever with the things that you want to spend money on that brings you value and brings you joy. So that's a really cool way too to make your finance a little bit more game-like, like literally make it budget Tetris. So that's a great idea. And I heard that idea from the Stacking Benjamins podcast. So shout out to them for budgeting Tetris. It's such a great idea. All right, now to wrap up this episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about the dangers of gamification. And this really comes down to what is going on in the world of gamifying investing and stock picking. So things like Robinhood. So Robinhood has really gamified investing in individual securities. They don't provide a ton of education on how to do this the correct way, and it's actually quite dangerous, and I find it to be a bit disingenuous. So I would recommend staying away from things like Robinhood or Webull because these two platforms are going to really confuse you. You're going to end up potentially buying stocks that you don't really understand, and you may end up really hurting yourself in the long run by losing money and not feeling committed to what you're investing. Robinhood's a great way to lose money, in my opinion. You may disagree with me, and that's totally okay. If you have a serious interest in individual stocks and researching companies and investing like that, then you can use Robinhood. But I think they have gamified investing and made it more like a gamble casino type experience where they have confetti flying down when you make a purchase of a stock or something. It's To me, it's a little bit dangerous. I much prefer if you're going to go the investing route to use something like Betterment or one of these other services like we've talked about, um, which will really be a much better investing experience where you're setting yourself up for success. So that's my word of caution on gamification and the way that Robinhood has gamified finance. I don't believe it's in most people's best interest to dilly-dally on Robinhood when they could be making a really good plan with real investing, with real saving, with real budgeting. Gamifying that is fine, but the way that Robinhood has gone about it, not my favorite. 
that's it for this week of ADHD Money Talk. From now on, episodes will likely be shorter. I'm getting so busy. I'm going to try and bang these out, still bring you tons of value, but in a shorter amount of time, which might actually just be better anyways, because our attention spans aren't the longest. I'm going to keep pumping these out though. I'm committed to it. So stay tuned and I hope you keep enjoying and keep listening. And I appreciate you being a listener. You are awesome. Please go leave a review, reach out to me, talk to me, want to hear from you and let's keep getting better at money because that's the goal. Alrighty. 